We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Wanted to jump in quickly and first thank you for listening and also tell you about the release of the audio version of my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, narrated by David A. Knesser. If you want to support the show, you can buy it wherever audiobooks are sold. Links are also in the show notes. Now, on to my guests for today, Roger Naren of Jar Audio. Before he started Jar Audio, Roger worked in advertising, where he built a career he loved managing clients. But he was also drawn to the idea of starting his own company. And after some efforts that failed, he and two friends started talking about starting a podcast company. Before they'd even figured out a name, they landed a client through a connection. Talk about awesome market validation, right? In the last three years, they've taken on such clients as Lululemon and Expedia, helping to build their brands through podcasts. Roger shares that he still struggles with the uncertainty of entrepreneurship and how he is now coming to terms with just having to push past that fear. A lot of us have that, right? While Roger and Jar Audio focus on branded content, they follow the principles of good content marketing. These include telling a good story and knowing your audience. The best podcasts, Roger explains, aren't advertisements, but take into consideration the audience's needs and challenges. As an example, 
A podcast produced for a bank helps people navigate the economy in time of COVID. Another produced for a wellness company company offers information about holistic health. While podcasting isn't at a point where you can really assess the ROI, one of the advantages is what Roger calls the halo effect, where brands become respected and known through the high-quality information and engaging stories they offer. Now, let's get better together. Roger Nairn, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Jerry. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, I, you know, I really appreciate uh, you coming on because you're like a fellow, I don't know, professional type audio folk, <laughs> which I know rarely get to. Brothers in podcast. Yeah, brothers in podcast. <laughs> I rarely, rarely get to talk to people actually in the business. Um, and you, you're actually working at, or the CEO of Jar Audio. Uh, yeah. which is a, a firm and a, a network and, and all that great stuff. And we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk a little bit about that uh, later on. But as I always like to say, you know, my first question, we talked a little bit about this before. So to pe- put people at ease, <laughs> um, why don't you tell me how you got to be doing what you're doing today? Cool. Definitely can. So I've, I've spent the last 20 years in the advertising and design world. Um, I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, um, and, and coming out of college, got into the ad world and, and was always in client services. So I worked for big agencies like DDB and, and Cossette, which is one of the top agencies in the country, and uh, managed client relationships. Uh, and I love I absolutely love the advertising world. Love love the marketing world, uh, not only for the the people, but also the the challenges. What we get to do every day is different, and which really suits my brain because I need to have the variety uh, day in and day out. And I remember somebody once telling me that advertising is the rock star of the business world, and so for me that was sort of my uh, my my green light to, you know, to have as much fun in the job as possible. Um, because I, you know, we get to get to be creative, but also solve business problems. And so I, I, I love that career. I, I, I really, you know, created some amazing relationships. Um, but over time, you, you know, you get the bug and you start thinking about what it'd be like starting something on your own. And at the time I had done a couple of podcasts myself, just, just purely as, 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 uh, as a hobby, you know, I, I I got into podcasting because I wanted to meet really interesting people. And for me, the guests on my show were were my excuse to reach out to and, and and reach out and talk to, you know, some of my heroes and some of the people that I really wanted to learn from. So I got to interview the likes of of Seth Godin and and I got to interview all sorts of different politicians and strategists and and marketers, but also company builders. And I, I just had so much fun doing it. But you know, when it came time for me to start thinking about what I could do as my jumping off point, um, you know, start my entrepreneurial journey, um, I, I, th- I thought like, how can I blend my advertising career with, with podcasting? And at the time I was doing some radio work with, uh, with, um, with a couple of people. I was, I was sort of a guest on, on a consistent radio show. Um, and 
these uh, these guys and me went out for a drink one night. We started talking, and where we kind of landed was this idea of creating podcasts for businesses. And and when I kind of when I kind of thought about that, I, I thought, well, if you could build a podcast production agency similar to a creative agency, to me that feels like a really good model because you've got your client service, you've got your strategy, you've got your creative, you got your production, and and then you have the you know sort of the the, the behind the scenes service side and. You know, it really, really felt um, felt like there might be something there, but there's always a but. I had tried to start businesses in the past, and I was one of those guys that when I started a business, I would agonize over the dumbest things, like the color of our logo, or <laughs> you know, what sort of paper should we use with our business card. And and let's be honest, that's just resistance, right? That's just yeah. being afraid of actually starting the business. So I well, said to my partners. I'll do this, but I'm only going to do this if we can put the minimum viable product out in the world and see if that's of any interest. And literally that night went home, threw a couple of messages together to some friends on LinkedIn. And the first response back was from a buddy of mine. And he said, my, my wife would like to meet you guys tomorrow. She's Her company's looking to start a podcast. And <laughs> literally it started that way. I was in their office the next day. We didn't have a name for the company. We didn't have a website. We had nothing. And all we knew was to talk about podcasting and talk about, you know, a a brand's role in podcasting. And um, out of that meeting, she said, send me an estimate. (laughs) We went out to to the car and looked at each other and said, okay, so what what do we charge for this? And, you know, just had no clue. That night, she sent us a note saying, what's the name of your company, by the way? And we kind of all text each other saying, we need a name, we need a name, we need a name. So I'm somewhat embarrassed, but also kind of proud to say that JAR Audio is actually an acronym and it stands for Jen, Aaron, and Roger, which are the original founders of the company. And we are where we are today. Wow. I I love, <laughs> I, I love, I absolutely love those origin stories, right? Because, you know, a lot of times, people struggle and agonize. I mean, I'm the same way, like, oh, what's the font, the color? And it's, again, it's like, as Seth Godin says, it's just the resistance. It's what Steven Pressfield says, if you're a writer, like you're And that's just, actually the book. That's, that's the book that, that's the book that, you know, changed, changed my mind. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, oh, yeah. that's, it was literally a conversation with Seth Godin. He was interviewing um, Tim Ferriss at the time. And um, he talked about Steven Pressfield. Yes. Um, the, 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 the war of art mm-hmm. and uh, read that and, and said, I'm never doing this again unless I can just ship and put it out in the world. And that's what I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I both. So funny, you know, you talk about, you start a podcast so you could interview the people that you respect. Um, I am a certified story grid editor, which I, it's a long story, but the very first story grid workshop I ever went to was in February of 2017 in New York City. Blizzard, heart bare, didn't get, almost didn't get there. And thankfully, my my late wife Jane sorted that out. But I'm literally sitting there, and in the room is Stephen Pressfield and Seth Godin. No way, because Sean Coyne is Stephen Pressfield's editor, right? And I'm like, like Stephen Pressfield and Seth Godin are two of 
probably the one of the well two of the most influential people on my writing career and just generally like creativity and i'm in the room with them and i'm literally he stephen pressfield's like at the seminar because he's like i don't know why but he's there i'm sitting behind him the whole day <laughs> i have a picture of him and me i have a picture of him, me and seth godin picture of sean coin and tim Grohl. like i i use this i have actually have a slide that i built for this thing I'm working on about the origins of this thing called the story funnel. And I, I remember looking at this going, wow, like that is, isn't it amazing when you get to, to talk to someone that you look up to? And, and I mean, that's the reason why I do these podcasts as well. It's so cool to like talk with people that have had a journey, you know? And when you talk about like how you came up with your idea or like, <laughs> your first client meeting and you're like, Oh gee, I don't even know how much to charge for this. Yeah. Those like, that's what this is all about. Right. And I Absolutely. just think it's really cool that, that, that one, you could share that with us and two that you're, you know, you still kind of keep on doing it. And so h- how has, how has jar audio kind of evolved from that first customer meeting? Has it, what 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 did you guys have to do? Would you, did, were there any zigs and zags that you had to go go figure out? Yeah, I, I think I, I. Sorry, Jerry, can you hear me? I I feel like you might have just dropped out. Oh no, I can I can. Oh hear you. no, there you are. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, no problem. I heard a click and then oh, yeah. you stopped. Anyways, so I'll start fresh. Yeah, I mean, from, from you know coming out of that 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 meeting, we really just jumped right into the project. And luckily, you know, what we were doing was not anything we hadn't done before, which was you know create a podcast. And and so, you know, between my partners and me, we you know we we got to work on on um, developing the idea with the client, um, working on the marketing. And, and then just started recording episodes and 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 you know editing and eventually got to the point where they were live. You know the the really cool thing too was you know the client we were working with was uh, is a is a company called Sage Natural Wellness and and they're arguably one of the world's biggest um, wellness brands. They they, they specialize in, a, in in aromatherapy um, and they're located here in Vancouver. And so we got to stay really hands on and, and collaborative with them the the whole time. Um, and and they put a lot of you know marketing effort behind it as well. So when we launched, we um, we were uh, we were number two in in um, in the health category on Apple Podcasts. And we were even beating Oprah, <clears throat> which I remember joking at the time she had it coming. Somebody <laughs> had it eventually, right? Um, yes, yes. And so we kind of had this moment of like, wow, this is this is amazing, but also kind of you know, it almost felt, I don't want to say it felt too easy, but it felt very natural and comfortable. And, and just like anything else, you know, we just kept building and building and, and, and um, like, you know, like, uh, like, like going to the gym, you know, the, the more you work out that muscle in our case, it was, you know, sort of building the company muscle, which involved thinking about all our systems and our processes and, and people um, things kind of, you know, kept rolling from there. And, and our next client after that was Lululemon, which is uh, another global, uh, you know, global heavy hitter when it comes to the wellness world. Uh, our client after that was Expedia, um, which 
is the you know the top uh, top brand in the in the online travel space. And so we, you know, between a blend of luck and just and 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 skill and reputation and connections, we you know we started building there. But I, I I keep going back to the fact that if you know none of it would have happened, I still believe that none of that would have happened if we had, you know, d- beat the thing to death and dissected every little bit, um, because so much of it is is just the uh, the magic of of starting um, and figuring it out as you go. Which is not for everybody, um, you know. Not not all people are cut out for that. You have to have a, a certain level of um, trust in yourself, but also, um, you know, there's some obviously the financial side needs to be taken care of. So we were still working at the time. Um, I was working for an agency. Uh, my my partner Jen was teaching podcasting and creative writing at, at the University of British Columbia, and my partner Aaron does a lot of audio projects on the side. And so we had the comfort of, of that. Um, but we also felt really confident that what we would do, which is, you know, all we really do is create great podcasts that happen to be, you know, um, um, released by a brand. Uh, we knew we could do that. And so, um, our offering, uh, our offering has has changed very little since day one. Um, it's just, uh, I, I will say, the thing that has changed is, you know, you get to that point in in your entrepreneurial journey where you tap out of your immediate connections when it comes to new business, and now we're in the the wide open ocean and having to swim amongst people that are meeting us for the first time. So that's where we're at right now. Hmm. So how, how long has the company been around for? So we were a partnership for two years. Um, we've been incorporated for a year. Okay. Um, so, and and our our partnership, you know, we were very light touch at the time. So I, I always like to say that we're a year old because it felt like at the time it wasn't really a full on company yet. We were almost just doing projects. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's always <clears throat> it always is interesting how it sort of evolves. Um, <laughs> And, and this whole like side hustle, it's almost like it was a side hustle for a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Which I think is an important thing to realize that, uh, and I'm glad you brought up the don't make it perfect, just ship it, you know, (sighs) like figure out how to go kind of go, you know, build as you go, because you never know. I mean, you got kind of lucky that you're, what you started off with was what you sort of are ending up doing now, but a lot of companies, Mm -hmm they got a zig and zag, right? That's like mm-hmm. validating the market may not, may miss the product may not be what it needs to be. And there's all sorts of just <clears throat> every single thing in between <laughs> those things. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's so funny. Uh, uh, I, I was doing, you know, some, some um, cash flow forecasting late into the night last night and, you know, the company's in a really great shape, but we, <laughs> we still have a sense of, you know, uncertainty at all times that, and that's just something that I need to get over uh, because I, I think a lot of it comes from my experience in the, in the advertising world. Uh, I was, I was in the agency world at the time where the industry shifted from, you know, uh, retainer based client relationships to uh, project to project, to project, to project, to project. You had to constantly be, hunting in order in order to eat and i and i and i ha, i think i i have carryover you know with with the company now you know in and that mindset so actually my biggest fear is you know we're going to bring on a bunch of staff and then 
you know, the, the tap's going to run dry and I have to let a bunch of people go. And so what we've done since day one is, is hired contractors. So, so we actually don't have any employees. They're all contractors. A lot of them are working practically full time. And, and, you know, we, you know, we, 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 um, we support their, um, their health benefits and all that sort of stuff. But because I've never um, felt comfortable that this is always going to be the way and, and everything's always going to be great. Um, I think I've, 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 I've always sort of had my, my foot sort of halfway on the pedal um, then versus all the way down. And it wasn't until kind of last night that I'm like, Oh fuck you. It's part of my language, but That's okay. you know, you, uh, you know, what are you, what are you so worried about? You know, we've been doing this for uh, this, this amount of time and um, you got the cash get going. Like it's, uh, but it's so, it's just so funny just thinking about entrepreneurial, being an entrepreneur for the first time. It's stuff like that, that, you know, feels like 90% of being an entrepreneur is psychological and 10% is skill. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> I would hundred percent agree. It's it, anyone in the world can do this job. It's not hard. It, it's, no, it's not the, the, the most, the, mo- the hardest it's, it, it, it's, it's a game and there. You got to be, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable with things and you got to push past some of these fears, but most yeah. of it's fear because mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever made a decision that was irreversible. Mm, yeah. And, and that's something that's important to realize, you know, except for that, except for that tattoo you got. Yeah. Except for the tattoos. Th- those are, yeah. those are, I mean, even then to a certain even degree, then. <laughs> but Technolo- that's technology these days, still, still painful, <laughs> still painful. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm really I'm really glad you brought that up because there's a fear among new new entrepreneurs, and even I mean, even I even have this fear. I mean, I've done six startups, right? Like I I know mm-hmm. kind of the gig, I know what it is, and I still have this real apprehension of exactly what you talked about. What happens if this goes wrong, and I've got to mm-hmm. let these people down? Mm-hmm. Because that ultimately, for me, is what it came down to. It's like they trusted me to bring them on. They believed in the vision, my jobs to go get the business or build a product or go raise money. If I don't do that, we don't eat. And then I have to let them go. And that's a hard burden to have. Mm -hmm. Um, The beautiful thing that I found is that most people get it. They understand that as long as you're trying as hard as you can, things happen right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't control some things. Uh, I think that's the other thing that's uh, powerful about once you realize, well, powerful about the fact that it's a lot of luck and a lot of hard work, but a lot of combination of luck and hard work and being at the right place. Like, like you're such a beautiful story about how you have a friend. They're like, yeah, we're interested. You walk, you pitch. They're like, yeah, give me a proposal. (laughs) And you're like, oh, great. Like, I didn't know this was going to be this real. <laughs> totally. That's and, literally it. <laughs> and, and and that's the perfect, but, but this is the thing. This, this is why that's such a great story. It's the perfect combination of luck, skill, and being at the right place at the right time. The alchemy of all three of those things coming together. I mean, you got, I mean, you got really lucky and for, mm-hmm. you know, just in general, it doesn't happen that way all the time, but the perfect example of you were ready to do that. Like, even though you didn't think you were, you were ready. 
And mm-hmm. that's the thing I think is really important to realize is that having a side hustle, working on being an entrepreneur within reason, you're ready. If, if you're like, you know, I think I could do this entrepreneur stuff, you're ready to do it. Just go totally. do it. Yeah. And, and I, I love the fact that, that, that you're, you continue to grow and, and on now you're at the point where it's like, Oh, now people got to get to know us. And I mean, <sighs> you know, I, I'm on the, this podcast is on the blue wire network because I'm an advisor to blue wire and they are growing like a weed. Like I, th- I always say they're the, the fastest growing sports podcast network on the planet. Cause mm. you know, cause they're great. I love, love what they do, but going through some of the same challenges that, that you guys are going through, it's a little bit bigger. I mean, I think he's, gr- I mean, they just closed around a funding. I don't remember what it was, but you know, <clears throat> Kevin, the CEO is, I mean, he's, he's building a scalable venture backed company. Mm-hmm. So it's all about growth for him. But when you talk about branded content podcasts from companies, they figured that out like a year ago that, Oh, we got to mm-hmm. do this. We have, you know, brands want good content contents. King. We, if we produce great content, they're going to pay us for this. They're going to get what they want out of it. And that model works. And so it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because do, do you see more and more companies kind of wanting to get in the podcast space as another content marketing play or is, do certain brands do better with it than others? I mean, I, mm. I I'm actually fascinated on how, how that, how you evaluate that. Yeah, that's a great question. So, so th- th- to answer your first question, yeah, we are seeing uh, you know companies more and more companies wanting to get into the the space. You know, there's some that just jump you know headfirst and 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 get right into it. Some dabble first by purchasing some some ads on other podcasts. You know, uh, which is another way of getting into the space. A lot of them are seeing that. You know, there's a there's an audience out there that is of interest to the to the brand because um, it is quite a unique. You know, the podcast audience is 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 quite unique. Um, and then, you know, but then to answer your other question, the ones that are looking to get in, um, some are more successful than others, and, and I think it comes down to a, a couple things. One is the successful ones understand that this can't be an advertisement. It, you know, nobody's going to listen to a twenty or thirty minute you know, ad where you're spewing all sorts of product benefits and whatnot about, you know, about the company. Cause who wants to listen to that? That's just, that's just not good audio. No, <laughs> they might, they might listen once, but they sure as hell aren't going to subscribe and come back, which is sort of the whole point of, of, of podcasting. Um, and so we, you know, we, we find the ones that are more successful um, take what we would call a story first approach. You know, a, a quick way of saying that is they, they produce a great podcast that just happens to be brought to the brought to you by their brand. It's tied into the brand values, but um, we we very rarely mention the brand on the podcast. If we do, it's maybe off the top, maybe you know through a midpoint rebrand and and then on the outro. Um, and then the ones that are really successful also take you know what we would call an audience first approach. They 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 think like true broadcasters, so they understand who their audience is. What do they need? What you know? What value can we deliver to them? You know, what what do we know about them? You know, what what's what are some of their struggles right now? Um, how can we deliver something that is that is a value that is going to keep them coming back for more? 
Um, what other podcasts are they listening to? What is their, you know, what are their behaviors like demographics, ge- you know, geography, um, all, all that information. And then you craft the podcast to serve them. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're somebody like Expedia, who, you know, who's a client of ours, they, they know that people are looking to get trusted information about how to travel safely, you know, in this pandemic, uh, you know, during COVID. And so we actually had to pivot the podcast to be, uh, you know, all about sort of how to safely um, um, either travel or book your travel, uh, because a lot of it comes down to booking and then having to cancel and all that sort of stuff. It, but none of it actually, very little of it has anything to do with Expedia. It's actually just about the online or just the travel world in general. Um, or, you know, our, or our client at RBC, you know, they've got a great podcast called Disruptors, which is all about a conversation around how to <clears throat> how the economy is going to recover coming out of COVID, um, and, and so it's <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's you know it's featuring a lot of really fascinating business leaders, you know, science leaders, social uh, you know social scientists, uh, talking about you know some some inno- innovative ways that certain industries are are you know need to be disrupted or, or currently being disrupted, and so from a from the bank standpoint, you know their audience is looking you know, looking for relevant um, uh, information on the economy and, and how to, you know, how to get through the, you know, get through the next handful of years. Um, and coming from the bank, they get this really great brand halo effect because they're not talking about the bank at all on the podcast, but people know it's coming from RBC. And so, you know, taking that audience first approach is is absolutely key for for success with a branded podcast. And then I'd say the final the final piece that we notice is you have to have a certain level of, you know, what we would call creative courage. And and what I mean by that is you have to constantly be pushing the limits of what you know what is comfortable from the brand from a creative standpoint, um, because then you get stale and then you push back to talking about yourself and talking about products, you know, product benefits and all the, you know, all the things that as marketers, we sometimes struggle to, you know, to, to, to leave as a second, second point of the conversation. Um, because, you know, because if you're not doing that, you're, you're, um, you know, you're not going to connect with that audience and you're not going to, going to keep their, um, keep their attention. And one of the cool, like I get so excited about talking about this, but one of the, you know, the cool thing about podcasting is, you know, brands constantly struggle to keep, um, uh, keep, keep customers in their sales, you know, in the sales funnel or prospects in the, in the sales funnel, you know, cause, cause they lose them for a number of different reasons. Either they're attracted by a competitor or you've turned them off in some way, or there's just a lot of, noise out there and they just get distracted. So you lose them. And so you're, as a brand, you're constantly having to fill that funnel, fill that funnel. And so from a content marketing standpoint, we think podcasts are the absolute best at retaining that audience's attention um, because the very nature of a podcast involves, involves subscribing. You know, they're opting into receiving more content from you. Like there's very few mediums that are like that. I mean, newsletters being one of them, you know, some of the video stuff these days, but there's very few that's doing a really good job of that. But if you do a, pro- a podcast well, and it's something that, you know, that audience is asking for more of, you're then engaging with them. And, and so from an engagement s- standpoint, 
um, we see listen lengths of uh, our average is about 95%, which, um, you know, when you think about a marketing medium's role, which is to, you know, capture someone's attention and, and, and keep it there for as long as possible. I mean, 90, 95% coming from a brand is, is pretty killer. And we're really proud of that. So um, we, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we really get excited about the opportunities for brands. Wow. Wow. Well, thanks for that. So story driven audience first creative courage. I, uh, that's a nice trifecta, I think <laughs> of how that, how that all works. Um, I, I'd say it's funny because I do you, have you heard of Gen Z media? Not, no, I, I don't think so. Oh, I, uh, so Chris Terry, I think he's a fellow Canadian that now lives in New Jersey. So don't, don't, uh, don't bash him too much. Um, he, <laughs> he's the, he's the, f- one of the founders of Gen Z media. Gen Z media does podcast story focused podcast. They do like the old kind of radio, you know, series where it's like, like they, they did one called treasure Island 2020. I think it was treasure Island 2020 cool. where they literally so redid nar- narrative style. Yeah, redid Treasure Island in 2020, and they did it with uh, with BYU. I think it was with BYU. Nice. He, Chris will kill me for messing it up, but um, I interviewed him. He was the only other kind of media podcast type folk that I um, I interviewed. Um, cool. Reason why I interviewed him is because my fiance's daughter loves Gen Z media. We listen to it as like a family, um, you know it's great stuff like six minutes and like all their stuff is all story driven. And he's a jazz musician by, by former trade. So all the music's great and it's just, you just get so enthralled with it. And so um, it's really cool to hear that he also agrees. That means that their whole, the way they do it is they, if they're going to have like an, uh, a series, like a new show, they write it like they're writing a episodic TV series. And so they sort of know the entire through line of the whole thing within reason. It's like, I mean. it's like the Netflix of audio. Exactly. Yeah, if yeah. They would love that, <laughs> but totally. it's focused on, on Gen Z. So a lot of the, um, the content, it's funny because he says, well, look, we want to build, we want to make content that anyone can enjoy, including the parents. So we don't like target our demographic. If it's Gen Z, if it's tweens or whatever, we, we, we shoot a little higher. So that now kind of like what Disney does, right? Disney's Mm. got all these little things where like it's enjoyable for the parents too. But boy, he was like, it's all about the story. It's all about like, what does the audience want? Exactly the things that that, that you, that you talk about. And um, I think he, they even do collaborations as well. Like the, the one with BYU, they, they did that in collaboration. They, they actually, well, I was going to ask, do they, do they find a client first and then develop the idea around the client or do they develop the idea and then find a client? I think it goes both ways. Um, yeah. we talked a little bit about that. Not, not a ton. Cause the other thing they, they do is okay. Now they're a quote unquote media company, right? So they do the podcasts <sighs> and now they're like, yeah, we're, we're publishing these middle grade, you know, young YA books like the, mm-hmm. um, the Mars Patel series, there, there's now a book series about it. <laughs> you know, so it, it's interesting because like when it when it in in you know they they want to create great content for their for their audience, right? So they focus on the audience, it's really story driven. And mm-hmm. the, what's interesting, these collaborations with with other things, 
as you mentioned, if, if it's like a really good brand, that has got the right intent and, and it's as hard to do. So I really uh-huh. applaud you for making this like it, it's so hard for brands to realize this because they're all about what's our ROI, what's this, what's that. And you're kind of like, man, that's not the way you should be gauging this. You should be, <sighs> you should be in it for the right reasons. And yeah, you're going to need to do your ad spend and all your budgeting. And I get this thing with the PR firm all the time. Like what's the return on investment on PR? I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell you that. Oh. I can, you know, I can tell you if you don't do it, you know, you're going to be at a disadvantage, but it's really hard to quantify. Jari, I'm going to take a, this clip from the podcast and include it in all of my conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. Because, yeah, because I mean, that's literally, you know, that is, that is where we're at right now, you know, with a lot of these conversations is sort of what's the ROI and, and, and you're right. It is difficult. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you as well that part of the reason why it's, also difficult is that the industry is still young. I mean, the yes. podcast world is, yes. you know, podcasting itself has only been around for 15 years, but, 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 you know, sort of like commercialized podcasting, it's really only like, let's, let's say it's really only taken off within the last five years or so. Um, now, when, now, when you have a conversation with a client, the question is always, how many downloads are, are we going to get? Right. You know, cause they're, they're looking for that. Like how many, how big is the audience? It's going to be and all that sort of stuff. And I totally get it. I mean, I would ask the same questions. The challenge is, is that the industry is not at a point yet where everybody's sharing their information. And, and there also <laughs> yeah, isn't, they're yeah, not, there isn't like a, <laughs> yeah, like, there isn't like a clearinghouse where all that information comes out of. And, and, you know, the perfect example I like to give is it's not like the movie industry where there's box office numbers that get released every week. Um, you know, yes, we have access to, you know, the Apple charts and we have access to, you know, services like Chartable and, and, you know, Podchaser and all that sort of stuff, but nobody's actually revealing how many, how many downloads they're, they're, you know, they're, um, they're getting, unless you're in that like top, I'd say 1%, you know, sort of the Joe Rogans and the dailies and the, you know, the, this American lives and, and they're using it as part of their, you know, their sort of business success story, which is great. It's, it's an, and it's amazing. Um, and so, it, and so the ROI conversation is, is difficult for that reason, but you're absolutely right. Like it's, 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 it's so much more than just the size of the audience. It's the, it's the level of engagement. It's the, you know, it's the brand halo effect, which also has its, you know, sometimes challenges to measure. Um, yeah. yeah. It's everything, yeah, yeah. it's everything that comes with it. Um, so yeah, we, we, uh, it's interesting. We've, I've had this conversation many times with, you know, either agency owners or people in the PR world or even some of the advertising world. And I think also it doesn't help that everybody is, has gravitated to the programmatic, you know, advert, uh, advertising side of things, which can, you know, tell you exactly how many impressions you're going to get and tell you exactly how. So we, I think that the market has become sort of, uh, um, uh, um, programmed to, you know, know exactly what they're paying for. Yeah. And, 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 you know, fair enough. Like I, I, I'm, I'm with you Absolutely. You know, at, at, you know, at all the startups I've been at, we've always got to make this call. What am I going to spend money on? Right? Because <laughs> totally. don't have any money. Like that's the whole point. And, but when it comes to like product market fit, 
launch strategy, go-to-market strategy, and you want to use content marketing or organic SEO or ads or whatever it is that you're kind of like trying to get your brand, quote unquote, out there, fundamentally, and I actually talked with James over at matchmaker.fm about this. I actually have an interview with him I'm, I'm working on. I'm going to publish soon, oh, I hope. Nice. Um, it'll probably be after. It'll probably be before I publish this one. But, you know, he... The thing he he has this you know he has gets the same kind of questions because he runs not only Matchmaker.fm he runs Podcast.co or Inc or IO or whatever, um, and which is fantastic. <clears throat> That's one of my favorite sites. Yeah, it's it's super super cool, right? So, but you think you go like he said this was really interesting because we were talking about being a guest on a podcast. And, and people always ask me, how many downloads do you get? What's the reach? All this sort of thing. And that doesn't happen very often, but generally, okay, yeah, I just started out for a year. It's not going to be Rogan style numbers, right? But, you know, it, it's it, the, the thing I always tell people is like, look, it, and, and this, he brought this up, which I like cl- completely latched onto. He said, well, think about it this way. If you could talk to 30, 20, 10 of your customers directly in their ear, like you could, if you were like in business, if you're a business person, you could go to the public square and you could talk to 30 people. Would you do it? And there's not a business owner in the world that wouldn't be like, of course, why wouldn't I do that? Right. That's yeah, clearly 30 people that are interested in what I'm talking about is nuts. Of course. And he's like, that's why it really doesn't matter like how many yeah. quote unquote downloads are listed because you're having a direct conversation with someone. That's the power of podcasting. Totally. And, and, and it's all, and, and to add to that, it's also, you know, what we would call a, a poll medium where, you know, you're not, you're not barfing this in their face like radio where you're, you know, yeah. sitting in the waiting room at your doctor's office being forced to listen to this radio station and then being forced to listen to this ad and being forced to, you know, like, you know, absorb it. They're 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 saying I choose to listen to this right now, and I choose to listen to it again. Yeah, yeah. So, although and I agree, like metrics matter. Of who, of course, I want more downloads. Of course, I want everyone to listen to the show because it's awesome, right? We're awesome <laughs> people. Listen to what we have to say. Totally. But the 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 thing that he talked about even the thing that Kevin talks about at blue wire it's the quality of the content will stand forever mm-hmm. it's the same thing with the old blogging model right how many downloads i mean how many views how many organic i got to you know game the organic stuff if you just write good stuff it will get read and eventually uh-huh. over time this is like legacy kind of you know cornerstone content like this interview will be permanently and forever on my, my website because, you know, I've got show notes. We're going to, you know, we'll, we'll summarize what we talked about. There will be this stands forever. And it may mm-hmm. take a long tail like SEO does. It, you know, you may stumble. It may not be the thing that you want, you know, 100%. But the thing to realize about the medium is exactly what you said, what you said. People opt in. Mm-hmm. They choose to listen and then they choose to make a determination. So mm-hmm. if you're having a conversation with the audience, you're adding value, you're story driven, right? Exactly the three things, story driven, audience first, and, and creative in your approach as a brand, this is literally like going to a conference and giving a speech. Like if someone totally. says, hey, I, I want you to give the keynote, are you going to say no to a keynote? I mean, maybe if you're Bill 
Gates or maybe if you're Steve Jobs, but if you're any one of us, if someone said, hey, we want you to give a keynote in front of a thousand people or even 30 people or even a hundred people, I'd be like, yeah, I'm in. Oh yeah. yeah. You want me to talk about what I do? Oh, sure. Totally. I think that's the same thing about podcasting that eventually the metrics will come eventually, yeah. you know, because PR is the same way. Everyone asks about, you know, reach and, you know, earned media and, oh, we're paying you all this money to get us publicity. What's it really worth? And mm-hmm. it's not like it's, it can be quantifiable, but I think you got to take a step back and actually a step up. You got to realize that when you're telling your story for your company and your brand, like you generally have to have this sort of signs of life in the world and people just, they got to know who you are. And Mm -hmm. honestly, podcasting is the best way for someone to actually know who you are, because I get this all the time. Like someone will meet me for the first time and they'll listen to the podcast. They're like, yeah, wow. You know, I've listened to your podcast and you just sound so cool and nice and yeah, you really, you really are not a dick. <laughs> right. And, and, and I say, thanks. Cause I'm not like, I try, I try really hard not to be, but you, you know what I mean? It's like, they yeah. get, there's something about voice. Well, it's intimate. It's in. Yeah. And I was on this podcast. And we're called, literally, and we're literally in your ear right now. We're literally in your ear right now. Right. And I was on this podcast called the story grid editor Roundtable podcast. This was the first podcast I've ever did part of story grid you know, Sean and Tim, they need to shorten the name. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I can't help but critique. I know, but, but, but like Sean and Tim were gracious enough to let the, there was five, was there five? Yeah, it was five of us that we were all studying story grid together and we got to go and um, do a podcast to talk about story grid and we're story nerds and this whole thing. Right. And the other four of my fellow colleagues were all editors. They're, they're like, that's their business, right? I was the only one that I'm like, I don't really edit books for a business. I just love this. Stuff. This is the coolest thing, right? But what was interesting is that we're doing this podcast because we purely just love story, helping people educate this whole thing, right? It was like, I mean, and it was a lot of work, but it was so rewarding. We got to talk with each other. You know, we got to interact, we got to watch movies and just like nerd out, like nerd out beyond nerd out, right? For all four of them, I'm pretty sure to a person got way more business because people got to know them through how they talked and how they worked and what we, what we did. And there is no other way other than getting on a phone call, right? And imagine uh-huh. the reach you can have, like, this is who I am. Now people get to know oh, you as a brand. I don't think, can't think of a more valuable thing. So it, 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 interestingly also, you know, you, you would use the example of, of, you know, if you're given the opportunity to get the keynote speech in front of a thousand people um, you know, of course you take up that opportunity and this is, this is similar. I would, I would argue it's even better because, and also sort you know, similar to what you had just said that they, this, you know, this conversation is going to live on your website for the rest of, you know, rest of time. Um, but with the, you know, with the technology these days as well, what we're starting to do is, you know, every, I'm sure everyone's listening is familiar with uh, dynamic ad insertion, you know, where you're inserting ads into, into the podcast, you know, based on demographics of the listener and, and you can switch up the, the messaging and all that sort of stuff. What, what we're starting to do as well is dynamic content insertion where 
yes, this conversation can be, you know, can be listened to, you know, 10 years down the road, but let's say, you know, a key part of the information changes, um, you can dynamically insert that content into the episode. So it can actually be updated. Um, So it's not as, you know, sort of, uh, it's not as, you know, it doesn't have that. Yes, it's evergreen, but but with a twist, <laughs> right? In a right. lot of ways, um, which which I think is is a game changer for content in a lot of you know in in um, in, in the audio space, um, and something that is like I that I think twenty twenty one is going to be the year of the dynamic content insertion. Uh, let's let's put it that way. Wow, heard it here first, folks. Dynamic <laughs> content insertion. I'm gonna. Exactly. We'll, we'll look back at this in another year or so and be like, "Yo, you were right," or "Oh, you were <laughs> you horribly were right. wrong." <laughs> You're horribly wrong. Yeah. That that dynamic content insertion never worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the silly guy that said that? Right. Yeah. That is the segue <laughs> of of uh, uh, you know of of uh, of podcasts is dynamic audience or dynamic content insertion. Exactly. Never took off. Never Although I feel like off. segues did take off in the end. They just took off for different reasons. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like we're not riding around with them, but the whole like go to Washington DC and that's a that's a booming industry. Yeah. No, I mean he, you know, he you know, he he was pretty, you know, a little arrogant that it's gonna change the world, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It did in a in a way. It did. I mean, you see the evolution of all of them coming out now. You've got electric scooters, you got that little disc thing. I mean that's true. You know, Segway was what over 20 years ago? Yeah. So I mean, he was right. He just was a couple of decades off. <laughs> yeah. That was Dean Kamen, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, he's was. he was f- fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember at the time everyone thought he was crazy and then it happened and they all laughed at him. But you're right, it's it has changed it changed things so it's, much. It's changed a huge amount. I mean, just look at what that propelled when it came to electric vehicles. I mean, I honestly think that was the start of oh, electric electric vehicles. Huh. Like totally. These these are actually viable. I mean, look at the electric vehicle. I mean, now, I mean, I think here in California by like 2030 or 2040, we can't sell gas cars anymore. They all got to be yeah. EV. I mean, and a lot of people are going like, oh, blah, blah, can't really do that, whatever. But I mean, same thing with happened to gas. Helene is like, used to be steam and now it's, was then it's gas and now it's going to be electric and hydrogen. I mean, you know. Totally. It's, it's like stuff evolves. It's not- I read- I, yeah, I read somewhere the other day that 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 economists consider twenty twenty one to be peak peak auto. Yeah, and and, and from now on, it's it, you know there will be less less and less cars in the road, whereas before it was just obviously constantly uh, constantly growing. And um, this new you know this new concept of you know we we we're all familiar with SaaS, but this 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 new concept of it's you know TAS, mm-hmm. transportation as a service is is unbelievable when you dig into it. You know, there's there's going to come a time where you could own a Tesla and your Tesla can be in your garage, and while you're having dinner with your kids, somebody can rent your Tesla out. Yeah, and 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 your garage door will open. And your car will be gone, but somebody will be using it and it'll come back later that, and then you'll, you you know, you'll, 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 you know, you'll get 
paid for that. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered, I don't, I don't know who's going to clean up the vomit or whatever. When <laughs> something bad happens. <laughs> That's an extra charge. Just like in yeah. an Airbnb, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> I like mean, a, I could see all, yeah, there's a whole like service station aspect oh. to it too, where the car goes through a bit of a cleaning cycle and, 100%. Um, and then returns to you. So, you know, you're making money off your car. percent. Um, I mean, that's super the, cool. The utilization of a car, just so everyone knows, you know, it's literally like 5%. Like yeah. most of the time it's parked in your driveway. Like just imagine you go to work. If you don't like totally. obviously drive for a living, it sits in a parking lot. Like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Who would ever have thought? And I think COVID is what accelerates that. Just like I think True. all these things get accelerated by these changes. I mean, even getting back to your, you know, your thing about dynamic content and dynamic mm-hmm. ad insertion and how podcasts, I mean, in the next three to five years, I think podcasting will take on a different role. I mean, you, you've mm-hmm. got places like Clubhouse that are, you know, basically like personalized talk radio. Like you get your buddies mm-hmm. together and you can talk about stuff or you can listen in on cool people. Never could do that. You could do that with podcasts, but you can't do that in real time with podcasts, right? So yeah, the times they are changing. And I I agree. I think you're, you're going to see a lot of cool stuff happening in podcasting and audio. Um, and, and I think it's going to, I think it's akin to like, even, I mean, like every industry, but like the transportation stuff is is a great example of, the sort of entrenched thing that's rapidly changing. And I think audio and radio and, and all that sort of stuff was sort of entrenched and now it's completely changed and it's going to happen pretty rapidly. So totally. my, my guess is that your uh, jar media is going to have a lot of clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we hope so. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we feel confident that the space is, is, is still ripe for opportunity. Um, and, and I think, you know, our sort of, um, at least, or, you know, one of my biggest roles these days is to keep us focused on what we, you know, what we're, what we're good at and try not to get too distracted by, by all the, you know, the shiny new things. Um, and, and, you know, like Clubhouse is one example, which, which we, we definitely think is fantastic and and really exciting, but we're also taking a bit of a, you know, sort of step back to see sort of how things shake out a little bit uh, as, as, um, as there's this huge push for everyone to get into it. Um, we also know that things are going to kind of, you know, things are going to kind of, um, you know, uh, flex, you know, flex over, over the next, you know, I was going to say next few years, but I feel it would be more for the next few months yeah. um, as no, this huge, right. like, I feel like, you know, just within the last month, there's been a, you know, it's like sucking a bowling ball through a garden hose of, of people that have gotten into this, you know, gotten into the service and just like any other thing that has lasting legs, it, it, it you know, it, it, it will, it will evolve. Um, and we're trying to find our space in it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Roger, I really appreciate your time and coming on. And just like, again, I love talking to people in media and especially, you know, this, what I do with the podcast and stuff. So thanks again. Good luck and uh, stay safe. Thanks so much, Jerry. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. 
You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.